Uh, praise the Lord. Amen. This morning, if you'd turn in your Bible with me, Ephesians chapter 5. <coughs> Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. And so um, uh, we've looked at a couple of months of uh, the family, a home, and marriage. And we've dealt with a lot of different uh, dynamics and issues. Uh, husband, love your wife like Christ loved the church, gave himself for it. We dealt the whole idea of uh, uh, how that love, it, uh, she becomes without spot or blemish, etc., and etc., and etc. Uh, we dealt with uh, the stranger in the bed, the cell phone, smartphone, and then we dealt with um, submission, and I want to move to respect this morning, and so um, if you have your Bible, uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22, wives submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. The husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church. He is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Verse number 33, Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, that the wife see that she respects uh, her husband. And I need someone to get for me 1 Peter 3, uh, verses 1 through 5. Tim, if you get that, 1 Peter 3, uh, verses 1 through 5. And so um, uh, just to kind of engage your mind, uh, uh, what is the dynamics of submission? What does that mean to you? When you read that and it says, Wives, submit to your own husband as in the Lord. What does that mean? Anyone? Any ladies here? Yes. Pardon? To surrender authority to? Okay, someone else? Anyone else? Submission, ladies. Your favorite word in the Bible. Uh, uh, Connie. Hey, praise the Lord, dear. <laughs> I think it means to honor, respect, and uh, that you are actually the, the final home, home, head of the home. It doesn't mean that we can't um, debate with you. <laughs> Or um, uh, that we might have a different opinion, but in the end, it's your opinion, and we go with it and love you anyway. <laughs> okay, there you go. Praise the Lord. De delayed action. Uh, and so um, uh, it's to honor, respect, and obey. And so submission is what, and uh, respect is what. What's the difference of submission and respect? Anybody? Yes. Okay, submission is an action, uh, respect is an attitude, uh, respect is a, a mindset, it's how you view your husband, uh, how you think about him uh, in life, uh, in the relationship of marriage, and etc. And so uh, uh, I want this 1 Peter 3, 1 through 5, if you'd read that with a good loud voice, uh, and as you put it up on the board, let's think about it a minute. Okay. Likewise, you wise, being subject to your own husband, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of 
the wise. Okay, we talked about that a little bit a week or two ago. Okay, go ahead. While they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear, whose adorning let it not be that outward adorning of plating the hair and of wearing of gold or putting on the of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart and that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of meek and quiet in spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. For after this manner in the old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves being in subjection unto their own husband. Okay, go ahead and read oh, verse. More? Verse yeah, Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughter ye are, as long as ye do well and are not afraid with any amazement. Okay, and so um, um, I want to talk for a few moments. Uh, uh, Sarah should be your role model. And uh, just like I said, love has a language. Respect has a language. And, and uh, you've got to grasp this. Remember what we're talking about is the ability to leave and cleave together. If the two are going to become one flesh, each has to uh, develop into their role. The husband, he may not know how to love, but he has to develop as a man of God uh, into this role of loving his wife like Christ loved the church. The wife, uh, she has to develop into this role of submission and respect. Both respect and love have a language. They have a language. How, how you speak uh, uh, demonstrates uh, love or reveals respect. And so uh, uh, to a man, when you respect him, uh, this speaks, uh, this is almost how he spells love. And so uh, his ego, his identity is very much involved uh, with your respect. This word is, it means to be honored, uh, to be admired, uh, to be affirmed. In other words, his identity as a man is affirmed uh, and bolstered as you respect him, as you reverence him. And so God created this need in him. Just like women desperately must be loved. The, we talked about the love test and all of those things. And so when she has this void in her to be loved, when you love her, you are now, you're becoming one. He needs to be respected. When you respect him, you are filling that void. And so the two now, there's this melting together, this coming together of the pieces. And so he's born with this need. He desperately needs this need to be filled. This, this affirms who he is as a human being. And so uh, 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 the virtuous woman, I think we talked about that in Proverbs 31. This has to do, it's flattery. It's honor. You're not going to embarrass him in public especially. Uh, he needs to, uh, and so um, uh, Sarah here, she has a language and the Bible records it. She calls him Lord. Her, her respect uh, 
has a language that affirms and edifies who he is. Okay, so now I want you, I've, I've said a couple things. I want you to think for a moment. Uh, uh, talk to me about how this plays out in life or your experience concerning respect um, when it comes to your husband. Any ladies? Yes, Rose? Uh, if you have a disagreement, I think you need to keep it in, at home. I know Tom and I sometimes, we don't, dis, we don't agree with each other, but I, I try to, if I have a problem, I'll take it home and leave it in the house, not in public. I don't degrade my husband in public. I don't yell at him in public. Um, just not putting him down in public. Okay, uh, someone else. What does this mean to you in the arena of marriage uh, when it talks about wife, see that you respect or reverence your husband? What does that mean? Yes. I know I'm not a wife, but coming from a child's perspective, watching a mother respect her husband, um, one thing my mom um, tried very hard not to do is if my dad was wrong about something when he's talking to us, she let him figure that out. Not like, no, Ken, um, no, that's not right. Sometimes we would know that he was wrong too, but, <laughs> but we would all just let him figure that out by himself and not like point out all the, you know, the mistakes. Uh, it, uh, one of the things is uh, the church sees uh, seven things he does right, and a wife of disrespect sees the, all she sees is the three things he does wrong. And because disrespect is an attitude, disrespect is how you view your husband. It's an attitude, it's a mindset. It's a focus, and, and this is deadly. If, if it's not there in the marriage, uh, uh, it, it has horrible consequences. He'll run from you. If all he does is come home and hear you complain, criticize, uh, you're negative, um, uh, he can't do anything right, you make, uh, you dis, uh, uh, in front of other, his friends, uh, you cut him down, put him down. Uh, I don't know all the modern terms today, but anyway, you do all of that. Uh, there's something begins to die in him, and 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 this is critical. Anyone else uh, want to weigh in on this? What does this mean to you? What is it? How does this play out? Life to you. Yes. I was going to say, well, um, even like Anna said, I'm not married as well, but I watch my parents all the time. Like wanting to um, be in a relationship, I want the same thing that they have. So with watching my parents and knowing my sisters, like they'll go ask my mom something and my mom will say no, and they'll try to turn it around and go ask my dad. The thing is, watching them respect each other, um, no matter what, they'll agree on the same answer. So they won't like try to fight on it and get in between and like ask one of the parents and they say one thing and go to the other. So it's like that as well. Okay, that's critical in raising children uh, because they will try to divide and conquer. 
And it's critical that, and if you have a disagreement, and you may disagree, uh, do that privately. And so I, I want to look here, I want you to turn with me in the Bible, uh, 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 16 through 23. Who will get that for me? 2 Samuel chapter 6, 16 through 23. Alec. And so uh, here is Michael. And, and I want to I look at some women in the Bible and what happened. And they, they give a, an example of disrespect is what they do. They, and how it plays out in life, um, and we'll discuss this. Because um, this, I can't tell you over and over how critical this is to how he feels about you. Uh, he may love you dearly, but if you don't respect him, something begins to die in him. And he won't want to be around you. And especially if uh, his friends come over and, and you, 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 do, you, just, uh, you undermine him, you make him look bad, you criticize, you correct him. Or you're asking, it's like you, you want him to do things that you should be doing. Uh, you're bossing him all over the house. And, uh, and these things begin to compute out. It's not a death blow, but over a process of time, how he relates to you is going to be affected. Okay, 2 Samuel 6, 16 through 23. And as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michael, Saul's daughter, looked through the window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. And they brought in the so ark. So remember what I said, a disrespect is an attitude. Something happened in her heart. Okay, go ahead. And they brought in the ark of the Lord and set in his place in the midst of the tabernacle that David had pitched for it. And David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And as soon as David had made an end offering, burnt offering and peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of the hosts. And he dealt among all the people, even among the whole multitude of Israel, as well to the men and men, to every one a cake of bread and a good piece of flesh and a flagon of wine. So all the people departed, everyone to his house. Then David returned to bless his household. And Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, how glorious was the king of Israel today, who uncovered himself in the eyes of the handmaids of his servants, as one of the vain fellows shamelessly uncovered himself. And David said unto Michael, It was before the Lord who chose me before thy father, and before all, the high, and, uh, before all his house, to appoint me ruler over the people of Israel. Therefore, I will play before the Lord, and I will yet be more vile than thus, and will base in my own sight, and of the maidservants, which thou hast spoken of, of them shall I be had in honor. Therefore, Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no child until the day of her death. Okay, and so he talks about being held in honor or respect. Uh, and so uh, uh, what's happening here, I believe it's 70 years since the ark has been brought back to the, to the temple. All during Saul's reign previous. And so here D David is having this incredible public moment with God. He's bringing the ark back. You know, there's been a lot of uh, difficulty in this. Uh, 
uh, Ozzah laid his hand on the ark, um, and uh, he fell over dead, and, and the ark was turned to a uh, uh, house of Obed-Edom, all of these things. And so now David's finally got the ark back to the temple of the living God. He's dancing before the Lord. Uh, uh, he takes off his royal robes and puts on the ephod, the, that, the cloth of the priest. And so he's having this incredible moment with God. Uh, he's, he's going to another dimension with God. He's going to another level of ministry. And it triggers something in Michael's heart. All of Israel's out there, but she's not there. I just throw that in in passing. Uh, wives, uh, these God moments with your husband, you need to be by his side. And so she's not there. He's talking about with all of his might. Uh, in other words, he's given himself to this. Uh, this speaks of commitment. This speaks of passion. Uh, and again, the linen ephod, uh, uh, he's made a decision that I'm in, in this holy of holies place, uh, my royal robes mean nothing. My, my identity as the king, it'd be like the president of the United States coming in here and, uh, and uh, uh, in a, mo a God moment, he falls on his face and begins to cry out to God at the altar. And, and they're just, in other words, he's saying, my power with the government means nothing here. My wealth, the royal robes, my influence, my accomplishments as king, in the presence of God, I'm laying all these rewards, the position, I'm laying all of this before you, God. And so, and he's doing this public. Remember what I said about uh, uh, disrespect becomes more damaging and volatile when it's public. You're in a restaurant. You're in front of his friends. You're in the middle of the church. Uh, David's on fire and she sees her husband and the Bible says something happened in her heart. She despised him. Something flipped over in her heart. And it comes out of her mouth. Remember what I said, just like love has a language, respect has a language. You talk to an elder person, uh, you, uh, an older person, uh, there's a respect uh, or should be. Uh, you don't talk to them. You know, I, I won't talk to Bill Moorhead like I would one of these young disciples. There's, there's a respect there uh, by age. Well, well that, that's true here uh, to your husband. You may say something to your sister. You may lip off a brother, your, your sibling. But when it comes to your husband, he holds a place in your life that no one else holds. He holds a place in your life your pastor don't hold. Your father doesn't hold. For this reason, you leave mother and father. Cleave to your husband. And he holds this place of dignity and respect. And so here she is. It comes out of her mouth. And David has returned to bless her, the Bible says. He's full of God. He's, 
He's taken the show, all the bread and all of this. He's distributed to the people. They're all rejoicing. Uh, it's a, it's a fantastic. Uh, it'd be like uh, he's at church, has this fam. There's this fantastic Holy Ghost service, and you weren't here. Maybe like Sunday school this morning. And, uh, and he comes later. He says, wow, you won't believe what happened. God moved. Uh, it was Holy Ghost. Uh, I'm telling you, God spoke to me and dealt with me. And she, I know you're a big deal. You're just showing off. She came out to meet David and said, how glorious was the king of Israel today, uncovering himself. In the eyes of the maids of his, as one of those base fellows, shamelessly uncovered. It's like she couldn't wait to unload on him. And her language is filled with, with this cynical mocking. You shameless, you base fellow, this contempt, all of that, that the tone of your language either speaks of respect. Or it does not. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sure. So what's your, uh, your statement right here? You want to say, you want to say, Michael, 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 not now. You ever had God whisper to you, ladies? Not, not now, not now. Not a good time. Not now. He come home, he's all excited. Maybe, you know, it could be anything. He just witnessed to someone. Or he's, he just, uh, uh, you know, he's got this drama or this new song or uh, he's getting ready to get into some kind of ministry. He's going to a new place in God. He comes, you know, and says, hey, man, I feel God call me. I was in men's D this morning. And you look at him. And he just, and you want, I, you want the whole, don't, no, 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 not now. Please, not now. Are you talking about ministry? And, and look, and then you, you point out something. You base fellow, shameless fellow. She's cutting into the very, uh, wouldn't it have been so much better if she said, man, wow, David, you finally got the ark home. Can't believe how God's, how different in her and Abigail. How many remember Abigail? Nabal, his wife. You know, he ends up, and I'm not promoting this, but <laughs> she came his wife later, Abigail did. Or Solomon. But, but here she is, uh, and Abigail, who, who knows the story of Abigail? Uh, I'm after the wives this morning. Ladies, who knows the story of Abigail? How she dealt with David. Any of you? Come on. You've heard me preach on Abigail. Any of you wives? Yes. What? What did she say? Remember, he's, he's going to go kill Nabal. Yes, 
Yes, she basically he's got blood in his eye because he's disrespected his men. Remember, they, he's there in the mountains. He's protected Nabal's wealth and everything. He sends his men down. It's a time of sheep sharing and prosperity. And he wants a few lambs. And Nabal says, who is this David that ran away from his master and, and, and disrespect and everything? And then David's going to go kill Nabal and everyone in his house. She basically encouraged him not to do so. <clears throat> What'd she say? <laughs> Somebody help her. Ladies? Yes, Leela. She apologized for her husband. Okay, what was the words? Mary? She did. She apologized. And she's, but how did she, what did she say? Who remembers what she said? It's classic. Well, she said his name means fool and fool. And, what? And she said his name means foolish or a fool and a fool he is. Yeah. You know, she basically called him a fool. But she, she said, she said uh, you know, um, I came to you today because I want to prevent you from doing something that you're going to regret later because God is going to make you king over every, all of us. And, uh, and I don't want you to have the guilt of bloodshed on your hands that you would do something that you would regret. And, and God's going to fulfill his promise to you and, you know, basically accept these gifts from me. And uh, that was it. Yeah, she brought a lot of food for one thing. So there's a hint there, ladies. She brought a lot of food. Uh, but not just that, as Mary said, she, she began to remind him of when he conquered Goliath, how God slung your enemy out of the sling. Uh, and, and we all know, David, you're going to be king one day. I am. Whew, I didn't know everybody knew that. Yeah, we all know that. I'm paraphrasing. God has his hand on you. You're destined for greatness. Why even bother with this, this Nabal? His name describes him. And, and, uh, and she, uh, she's speaking to him, uh, and she says, listen, as Mary uh, said, says, you don't want to do something today that's going to cause you uh, shame or embarrassment when you become king. It's not worth it. This is just a little hiccup in life, David. Uh, and she talked to him, and what did he say to her? He said something very interesting. Anybody? Any, anybody? What, what did he say to her? He uses the word that we're using. He said he heeded her voice and had respect of her person. He heeded her voice. Listen, if you want your husband, listen, ladies, if you respect your husband, he'll die for you. You can change his mind. You can pull him off the edge. Said he heeded and he had respect of her. She And, of course, uh, Nabal, he goes home, and the Bible says his heart turned to stone, and he had a heart attack and fell over dead. And... Uh, uh, but, but how different the way she spoke and Michael speaks. It's like, it's like you want to whisper, Michael, Michael, don't say that. No, don't say that, Michael. The timing, Michael, 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 listen to me. Don't say that. Don't go there, Michael. Wrong time. And so she inflames him uh, 
And she moves beyond the, the problem with disrespect. Um, uh, she moves beyond the dynamics. Throw the scripture up again, if you would, please. Uh, uh, she, the problem with disrespect um, is there's, uh, women have this ability uh, to reach back in the past or other dynamics uh, when they get in that disrespect mode. Uh, they they want to reach back and, and your, your uh, uh, lineage, your, your, your heritage and, and uh, uh, your uh, posterity and all. It's like it, it's hard to just contain it in the moment. Have you got it up? It was Hezekiah 3.7. Not really. <laughs> 2 Samuel 6, verse 16 through 23. And, and I want to look at it uh, uh, moving on, moving on a little bit. Uh, he, moving on to about uh, verse uh, 18, 19, if you, on, okay, uh, okay, on. Uh, next one. Uh, next one. Uh, stop, back one. Okay, right there, that's good. Uh, uh, he said to Michael, he's responding now. Go back to verse 20. And, and Michael, the daughter of Saul, she came out to meet David and said, How glorious was the king of Israel today, uncovering himself in the eyes of the maids and his servants, as one of those base fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. And so uh, she's, uh, see, she's from a different pedigree. He was a shepherd. She was a king's daughter. And she's throwing these things in his face uh, uh, that, uh, David, that's not how kings behave themselves. The, how glo- you really showed yourself and not just in front of the eyes of the handmaidens of Israel. In other words, what she's saying here is, if you had any class at all, you wouldn't do that. If you was raised like I was, if you had any pedigree, you wouldn't be acting all crazy like that. Next verse. David said to Michael, it was before the Lord, and then he gets, who chose me instead of your father. He's starting to get nasty. And all of his house, talking about King Saul, to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord, over Israel. Therefore, I will play music before the Lord. Okay, next verse. And I will be even more undignified. See, she's putting this. That, that's a word for disrespectful. He said, You've disre- you, you haven't seen anything yet. And will be humbled in my own sight. But as for the maidservants of whom you have spoken, by them I will be held in honor. The very people that you're slamming, they, they hold me in honor. <clears throat> where, where is your respect? Where is your honor? Next verse. Therefore Michael the daughter of Saul had no children to the day of her death. Isn't that interesting? <clears throat> so what happened? 
out of this conversation of disrespect, something happened. So take a shot at it. Anybody. What happened? What does that mean? Leave it up there. What does that mean? She had no children to the day of her death. Fred? Well, and my thought is that <clears throat> in her disrespect to David, she was also disrespecting God. And in that, God showed her no favor uh, in the area of childbirth. So, so you got to understand, barrenness in those days was viewed as a curse, horrible curse. That's why Hannah, read about Hannah, she, she's crying out. And we, under, we understand today there's a different dynamic and a lot of, a lot of issues. But, but, but what happened here? Uh, I'm asking you for your opinion. What, why? What, did, what happened here? Yes. <clears throat> Pastor, I'm thinking that maybe it severed their relationship, that he just didn't want anything to do with her after that. Okay, that's what some scholars believe. Some believe uh, there was a physical uh, where she was unable to have children. Others believe, though, and probably the majority believe, uh, because of that conversation, their relationship was severed, so never again was there this intimacy. Remember what we're talking about now. We're talking about the two shall become one flesh, uh, and we've talked about that. That's intimacy. That's intimacy in life. That's this closeness Love coupled with respect brings intimacy. This closeness in life, this becoming one. And out of that, and we talked about out of, out of submission, you become powerful. Remember Jesus in the garden. Father, if it be possible, let this, nevertheless, not my will, but your will. And out of that came this incredible dimension of salvation. See, we, we, uh, so many women have, have this twisted view of submission. They're, that I, I, now I have no voice, no rights. I'm uh, wipe his feet on me and all that. That's not what that means. It releases dimensions of God. Remember the uh, centurion servant. <clears throat> Here he is. Uh, his, uh, the centurion, his servant, uh, <clears throat> is sick unto death. And Jesus uh, uh, pauses, you know, who knows, the servant died, whatever. And, and Jesus said, I'll come. And he, he said, no, 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 no. I am a man under authority. I have those under my authority. You just speak the word and my servant will be healed. And Jesus said, I have not seen so great faith in all of Israel. He's ecstatic. Did you hear what this man said? He caught it. Wherever we surrender and submit, we become powerful. Wherever we rebel and resist God's design, we lose dominion. Look at Genesis. Blessing, fruitfulness, and dominion. Come. Wherever you surrender and submit to God, that becomes your portion. And so what's happening here is uh, something uh, she, the daughter saw had no children to the day of her death. Something was, was, there's a dynamic released here. And again, scholars different on the interpretation of that. But something was released here that stopped fruitfulness. If you ever... Want to pastor uh, wives? 
how you view your husband is how the church will view him. Not in every case, but I, do, I guarantee you, if you don't respect him, other people won't respect him. <clears throat> husband or, or wife, if you don't respect your husband at home, watch your kids. Watch your children. And so something here that has to do with productivity, that has to do with multiplying, that has to do with fruitfulness, is very much linked to do you honor your husband? Do you encourage him in the things of God? This is a spiritual moment. When he's excited about God, do you put the brakes on? I've had guys come to me just elated, wanting to feel called of God, and, and, and things triggered. And so it has to do with respect is an attitude that will come out of your mouth. Uh, we got maybe four or five minutes. Any? Uh, yes, Benny. Yes. And I understand one of the problems in life is if you've been abused by men. And one of the problems if men have violated you, uh, where you've had bad relationships, or uh, a stepfather, or a cousins, or somewhere along the way you were molested, or violated, or abused, this, this can compute out in marriage. Yes, go ahead. Pastor, can you, um, for some of us that don't know, can you explain dominion, number one? Someone, okay, okay one, so what is dominion? Anybody, anybody, what is dominion? What does dominion mean? Pardon? To have authority over. Okay, to have authority over. You're the head and not the tail is one way in the Old Testament it puts it. Yeah, you, you have authority. Uh, you're not a slave uh, to addictions. You're not a slave to rogue emotions. You're not a slave to a consumer spirit. Uh, you're, 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 there's a dignity and a dominion. I give you power over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Nothing by any means shall harm you. That's dominion. That's dominion, see. It's, it's, the, it's the, the, the ability to rule in your own life. Okay. Question two? Yeah, and my second question is, is one of the things that when you say leave and cleave, one of the things that I've watched, so I failed at marriage. My marriage was basically over before it really got started, to be honest with you. My wife and I were not patient, and uh, we both rejected God and ran, you know. And so, obviously, it played out horribly. So one of the things I've noticed and I've watched um, the 10 years I've been here, thank God it's been 10 years is the wives and the husbands that have really good marriages in this church is that they work it out and I see the fruit of what you're saying and what you're preaching and what this whole study has been. And the most healthy marriages, they're not perfect and they go through tragedy and maybe go through disappointments. But this is the only place I've ever seen successful marriages in my life. So uh, that's what vows are about. Vows are not when everything's going well. What does the vows say? For better or richer health till 
Okay, it's not just in the good times. Uh, vows and covenant are during the struggles of marriage, the difficulties of marriage. And marriage has seasons. <clears throat> and, and there'll be conflicts and disagreements. That's a part, can I say, that is a part of life. I don't care if you married Superman, dear. Somewhere, you know, I did that whole session. You, you know, when a man loves a woman, and uh, Connie come dancing down the aisle, and, uh, uh, and uh, you dream, you fantasize. You're, from birth, you're playing house. You buy little stoves and, and dishes, and you want to serve Grandpa tea and, uh, out of an old nasty cup, you know. And uh, my grandkids, they're all the same, the girls. Colin's up here in the wedding, and he could care less. The twins, and your, your husband, they told him, don't play. My dad said, boys, don't play house. Then I got married, and they expected me to play house. And I didn't have a clue. There's going to be. But listen, listen, listen. It, it, he doesn't exist, that fantasy, that romance novel that you've read 27 times and, oh, you swooned and went to sleep and little birds were flying around in your dreams and, and Prince Charming was coming, you know, and he was uh, so gracious and handsome and uh, smelled like uh, a polo, you know, cologne every time you saw him. And, and uh, listen, listen, then, then, then the guy you're married comes home and listen, listen. He, that, that, that guy don't exist, okay? He's not out there. He's not real. But you'll be frustrated and tormented, and God bless you. We'll pick it up next week. Amen. <clears throat>